Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Well, hello there, and welcome to Forever 35, a podcast about the things we do to take care of ourselves. I am Kate Spencer. And I am Dori Shafrir. And you know, we're not experts. We're not, but we're two friends who like to talk a lot about serums. And you know what? What? You can visit our website, forever35podcast.com, for links to everything we mention on the show. I know, (laughs) crazy, right? And you can also find us on Instagram at forever35podcast. And uh, the larger Forever 35 community is also on Facebook. Uh, at our group where the password is serums. You can shop our favorite products at shopmy.us slash forever35 and uh, check out our newsletter at forever35podcast.com slash newsletter. And you can call or text us at 781-591-0390. You can email us at forever35podcast at gmail.com. Just want to give a little update on ye old giving circle. Okie dokie. We are almost at $10,000. Okay. So we are almost halfway to our goal. I bet by the time this airs, we will be over 10000 But as of this recording, we are at $9,998.13. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So really, we're very close to, to 10 which is very exciting. And, you know, literally every dollar helps. So... If you want to toodaloot on over and give a few bucks, please do. Please. It's like it's it's such an yeah. easy way to like actually help shape the trajectory of our democracy. And God, you know, our democracy is it's, it's hanging on by a thread, okay? <laughs> it's really it's like on the edge of a cliff holding on, like gripping by its fingertips. Yeah. Dangling. You know? Yeah. And we'd like to pull it up a little bit. Yeah. Just to like at least get just it resting on its elbows. Mm-hmm. Goodness gracious, this nation we live in. <laughs> you know, it's a wonder we make a podcast <laughs> about all the things we do to take care of ourselves. It's true. Not that they solve anything, but, you know, they help you forget for a moment. Yeah. Yeah. Like, for example, Dory. I got a lash lift yesterday. Yeah, you know, I was texting you about something and you were like, 
I won't be able to get to this right away. I'm at my lash lift. And I was like, <laughs> you were like, who is this woman? Hold the phone. We had not discussed a lash lift. I've never gotten a lash lift before. I've never done anything like this before. And it was a real, as I like to do, impulsive move. Because our friend and podcast, Maureen Goo, was talking about how she gets eyelash extensions. Mm-hmm. And she made a passing comment to me that was like, you should get a lash lift. And I was like, well, I do what you say. You're my <laughs> friend and who's very wise. I'll try that. And she recommended the person who does her lashes. And I was like, okay. Why not? Why not just get up? Like, why not do a one time thing? I'll experiment. I can talk it about, talk it about, I can talk about it on this podcast. So I also got an eyebrow lamination while I was at it. I did both. This is exciting. I mean, your eyebrows really, I can even like, it's hard for me to really see your lashes from here, but your eyebrows are like, oh yeah. They are really, they're really making a statement. They really are. How do you feel about that? I will say. Um, I like them. So, so here's what it is. Uh, it's a perm essentially. It's like I got my eyelashes and my brows permed. Okay. So the lift just kind of, you know, flips them up and kind of holds them in position. So I will say my children, here's, here was everyone's reactions at my home. One kid was like, cool. I love it. One kid was like, what the fuck did you do to your eyelashes? My heterosexual male partner did not notice until I was like, I mean, do you see my face? Now, that is that is pretty typical. I know, but unless like, unless me, you put unless you put lipstick on. Oh, that's a good call. I they only notice, notice lipstick. They only okay. notice lipstick. <laughs> I I cuz I feel like I look like it's a little extreme right now because I haven't like it's you, you can't wash your face or get them like wet or oily or anything for 24 hours after. So, oh, okay. So I've just kind of, the lashes are just kind of held in position. I mean, the brows are kind of held in position right now and my lashes are very like up. Like I look very awake. Mm. Uh, but once I kind of, I'm going to wash my face and kind of see how they settle and try some brow gel, but I don't know. I like it. I think it's really cool. We'll see how long it lasts. And if it feels like an investment, I would want to keep up because like everything, it costs money, honey. Of course. For and the benefit annoying. of our listeners, can you just briefly mm-hmm. describe exactly what goes into an eyebrow lamination? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you. So basically, I went to the lash person, you lay down, and the first she did my eyelashes. So essentially, she kind of... um like your eyes are closed and your lashes are kind of stuck to little like, I don't know, like little plastic sheets mm. that go over your lid and under your eye, eye. And then using like a quick chemical process, the whole thing takes about an hour, but she has like a chemical process and that just like puts them into the shape and then they hold and then she removes it. And then the same thing is done with the brow. So the brow is like brushed up. The chemicals are applied in like three steps, and then you're set free. Wow! And okay. she also um, kind of trimmed and shaped and plucked a little bit uh, with my brow. So the brows, it'll be interesting to see. Like I think they just kind of have a little like zhuzh, and I will still have to brush them into shape, but they look like they're going up. Whereas my 
eyebrows grow very long and like grow down. Mm. So I, you know, I just, I just wasn't, I was just inspired to try something new. So here I am. I love it. I love it. Here I am. The one thing I am kind of into is this idea that like my lashes are always going to be popping and I don't have to do anything or think about them. Yeah. Like that's great. I'm kind of into that. Amazing. But also maybe I'm just another cog in the beauty industrial complex wheel. And aren't we all? We are. We We all are. We are. I think most of us are. And it's just a matter of like which level roller coaster you want to ride, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. Don't I know? So here I am. I don't it was an easy process. It didn't hurt. I think am I seeing you tonight? In person, maybe? Sure are, Kate. Okay, so can't wait to see them IRL. I'm gonna model for you. Great. I'm gonna model them for you. I look forward to that. Um I do not have anything nearly as exciting to report. Well, do you have something unexciting to report? <sighs> That's a great question, Kate. Um, you know, it's it's spring now, and I do feel like every spring I like a like a chrysalis, 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 I think. Chrysalis. Um, I decide that I need a new like I, I'm like over my old clothes. So I've no. been selling, I've been selling clothes again. Okay. But I want to say something. What? What if you didn't buy any new clothes? I mean, I am not really, I, I bought like a dress. Okay. But I'm definitely getting rid of a lot more than I am buying. You're shedding. I'm shedding. I would like there to be like a net loss of items. There we go. I like this for you. I like the shed without the replacement. Yeah, because I do that. Like I, you know, I'm like, look at me, I'm getting rid of stuff and aren't I doing a good job narrowing things down and like making this a minimalistic experience? Not that everyone has to be a minimalist, but you know what I mean? And then all of a sudden I'm like, here are all the new things I'm putting in the shelves on the shelf now. Right. Totally. Just adding to the clutter again that I didn't need. Yes. Okay. So I don't Shut know. On. We'll see how it goes. I'll keep everyone posted. I'll keep everyone looped in. Yeah, keep us looped. Are you selling? Are you donating? I'm I'm starting with trying to sell. Okay. Um mostly in like local groups, like mm-hmm. local mom groups. Um and yeah, that's like, and then, you know, I will give, I, I've, I've historically given some stuff away in my local buy nothing group. So definitely stuff that is not like I've tried like multiple groups and <laughs> it's not selling. I will give it away. Um, but I don't love donating to, you know, like a goodwill or, you know, one of those places because, there have been all, so many articles about how all that so much of that stuff ends up in landfills. So my my preference is to give it away to individuals. I do love my buy nothing group. Yeah, I've got. I just got a very cute little La Crusette 
ramekin from my buy nothing group. Like you get the fun, most fun treasures in a buy nothing group. Oh, for sure. For sure. So you're tre- you are giving someone treasures. I just want to say I you're am, providing treasures. I am providing treasures. I mean, it's just, it, it's a constant, it's a constant process. I've thought about having hiring an organizer. This has been like a years long thing. And I, like, I feel like I can't even have anyone in my house because so you stuff. Mm, that's a frustrating feeling. Yeah. Do you, are you feeling like on like getting rid of this stuff will help? It's like a drop in the bucket. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Trying to like rest a little tiny little bit of control back. <laughs> mm, good. <laughs> Control from the stuff. Yeah. Like the stuff is what had, yeah. Stuff is hard. Mm -hmm. It's really, it's really, really hard because it has a control of us. It has control of us. And also we are taught to need and want it and need more of it. And so it's really hard to shut that down, especially when like, everything churning around us is like more stuff, more stuff, more Mm -hmm. stuff. You know, even if you're able to be like, no, I don't need this. Yeah, totally. And I, you know, I feel like I've been like a broken record with this, but I feel like I can just never get, I I can never get a handle on it. Yeah. It is my white whale. Mm. (sighs) Like I walk into some people's houses and I'm like, how, how is your house so neat and clean? (laughs) where is your stuff? And then I'm like, oh, they don't have that much stuff. You know? Well, but also what's interesting, and I think like our Casey Davis interview really hits on this, is that like having, is is that also this feeling that like having the clutter, having all the stuff, having a house that's quote unquote messy is morally not, is morally bad. Right? Oh, I, like, but I but, know we've talked a lot about this, yeah, but like. And, and I'm not, I'm not like judging myself. I'm saying that for me, psychologically, I find it very overwhelming to have all this stuff unorganized, all this clutter. It's not like I think I'm a morally bad person, but I think the corollary of that is that you can also not want all that stuff. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you cannot want it without judgment. I also. I understand and I empathize because I struggle a lot with the way that like clutter and mess makes me feel. It makes me yes. feel exactly uh, like I, it's exactly. really hard for me, but also I struggle with how to um, like organize. So all mm-hmm. those things, like that's just, as I think we're both kind of saying are like forces that work against us. Yes, exactly. Kate. So that's where I'm at right now. Well, I see you. Thank you, Kate. I know you do. And I honor you because it's <laughs> it's really freaking hard. <sighs> it is really hard. It's really hard. Well, I think a nice antidote to all these feelings will be our guest today because you and I both loved our conversation with our guest, Tiffany, and found her to be just so 
want to use the word soothing, but just really like engaging and almost comforting to talk to. Yeah. Calming. Calming is a great word. Mm -hmm. Um, Our guest today is Tiffany Dufu. She's the founder and CEO of The Crew, which is this amazing organization that matches women in accountability circles to help them meet their life goals. She's also the author of the best-selling book, Drop the Ball, Achieving More by Doing Less. You can find her writing on places like Oprah Magazine, Essence, and the New York Times. She's been named to Entrepreneurs 100 Powerful Women and Fast Company's League of Extraordinary Women. I mean, she's just incredible. An incredible human who is so insightful. She's very cool. So buckle up, sit back and relax, (laughs) and enjoy our conversation with Tiffany right after this break. Be right back. Kate, I feel like we are like barreling into summer. It's happening so fast. It is. And I feel like also with summer just come more social events. There's weddings. There's nights out. It's vacations. I mean, like all the things happening in summer. And what I love is that Honey Love has just the right thing for all those events. Feel comfortable and confident this summer with Honey Love's best-selling Superpower Short. The Superpower Short smooth shapes and lifts, giving you a flawless silhouette under any outfit with targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas where you want more support and areas you need less compression. It's designed to work with your body, not against it. Speaking of working with your bod, the crossover bra, which I'm wearing as we speak. I wear that thing every day. I do too. Uh, It's my favorite Honey Love piece. Let me let me just tell you why. Yeah, get okay, into it. Hey, do you want to tell me why? <laughs> no, no, I was just going to say like I I I don't even need to wear it to events. I wear it like the event is every day of my life. Yes, that's such a good way of putting it. The bra gives all the support of traditional bras without using any underwires and just like sidebar, I have put on some of my old underwire bras lately and been like, "Oh god, like get this off of me." <laughs> No, thank once you. you. Once you start wearing Honey Love, you're just like, no, not yep. going back. You see also, how it like, could be. Yes. Also, like summer sweat under those underwires is like, ugh, the worst. Now you don't have to worry about it. Get the support you need with the comfort you deserve and treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market. Save 20% off at honeylove.com slash forever. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash forever. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. The summer vibes are just getting started. So shape your life with Honey Love. You know, Dory, we talk to a lot of really fantastic, intelligent people on this podcast, but I don't know, maybe you're like us and you want to go even deeper. Mm, I'd love to go deeper. We like to go deep, and that's not only possible with today's sponsor, but also easy to accomplish on Masterclass. Every year, I get really into the classes offered and the instructors offering them. Like, I'm all over the place with the things that I like on Masterclass, but this year, I am 
very interested in the class Redefining Feminism, which is 14 Lessons from Gloria Steinem. Okay. Now, they dissect issues women face in the U.S. and ways we can play a role in the feminist movement in our everyday lives. Look, I majored in women and gender studies in college. So this is right up my alley. But even if you didn't, even if you're like, this is the first time I'm hearing those words. I would argue, especially if you didn't. Yes. Get into it with Masterclass because this is the year you can really learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Go from just talking about improving to actually doing the things you've been wanting to do with Masterclass. And it doesn't have to be redefining feminism with Gloria Steinem. It can be gardening in your own garden or your yard or patio. It can be learning to cook Indian food or designing a space that you love. Masterclass offers over 180 world-class instructors. So whether you want to master like negotiation with Chris Voss or think like a boss with Martha Stewart, or maybe capture your vision through photography with Petra Collins, Masterclass has you covered. With Masterclass, you get unlimited access to intimate one-on-one classes with the world's best. And right now, our listeners will get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash F35. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash F35. That's masterclass.com slash F35. You know, the weather's getting warmer. So I, for one, am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually... Actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple, perfect white cotton t-shirt from Mm. quince. But it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie. Also from Quince. Ooh, mm-hmm. okay. It, it, like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking. I, I'm going to toot my own horn. Effortlessly chic, whether it's winter toot, or toot, Kate. or summer. They've got premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from thirty dollars. You've got washable silk tops, really stunning fourteen karat gold jewelry, and so much more. Like truly, the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, if you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. You know, one thing I think is really kind of interesting about skin, my skin, but all skin, is that like what it needs now in my 40s is not 
what I needed in my 30s. Totally. Definitely not what I needed in my 20s. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But like, how are you supposed to know what your skin needs? It's hard. It's hard to know. Especially when there's just like so many products out there. The overwhelm is real. It's a struggle to even know how to get the results you want, what products to start with. This is why we're super excited to partner with Apostrophe. Apostrophe is a prescription skincare company that offers science-backed medications that are clinically proven to help. I have used Apostrophe. I love it. They will pair you with a board-certified dermatologist who literally creates a personalized treatment plan for your skin. I have done this a few times now. It is so easy to do their online consultation. You upload photos and like within a few weeks, I had done the consultation and received my treatment plan and my product. Amazing. And that is how I became a tretinoin gal. I love the tretinoin that they sent me. I love their sunscreen. Both products have been amazing on my skin. And you, Forever 35 listeners, can get a special deal from Apostrophe. You can get your first visit for only $5. That's at apostrophe.com slash forever35 when you use our code forever35. Now that is a savings of $15. I like that. This code is only available to Forever 35 listeners. So to get started, just go to apostrophe.com slash forever35 and click get started. And then use our code forever35 at sign up and you will get your first visit for only $5. Thank you, Apostrophe, for sponsoring this episode. Tiffany, welcome to Forever 35. We are thrilled to have you. I feel like I have so many questions. One of them is like, how can I get a crew? But I'm going to save that one (laughs) toward the end of the conversation, though I am going to ask. But we're just so glad to have you on the show. Thank you so much for being here today. Oh, thank you for having me. It's a real joy and a great departure from the meeting I would probably be in right now if I were talking to the two of you. Meetings are back. (sighs) meetings. Well, we like to get started in a more gentle fashion, which is by asking our guests about a self-care practice that is important in their own lives um, in in whatever way that means to you. So is there something that you do on a regular basis that is your self-care? There are so many things. I will share the one that I've been doing since I was a little girl. It's the one that has the most longevity which is that every night I put on music. I now put on a Beats headset. I didn't have that when I was a little girl. And I listen to music. I'm kind of dancing to the music, but really what's happening is that I'm in a music video. And Mm. I'm in my own music video world. And it doesn't matter how much homework I have to do. It doesn't matter what SAT test I need to study for. It doesn't matter what investor I need to pitch to. It doesn't matter what homework I need to help my kids with. It's just evolved over time. Mm-hmm. Whenever I put on that music and I start moving my body, I disappear into myself in a really beautiful way. Do you also connect to your younger self when you like, cause you just, I love how you mentioned that you've been doing this for a long time since you were a teenager doing homework. Do you still kind of tap, tap in or connect to that person? Totally. In fact, when I was an adolescent, I used to 
think, I don't know if I want to be an adult because I never see Mm. adults just dancing with reckless abandon like they're doing a music video. I never saw my parents do that. I never saw another adult do that. And so I thought it would be something that I would outgrow. I I never, I've never outgrown it. (laughs) And I, I have a Beats headset because I listen to music so loud that even my kids are like, mom. (laughs) <laughs> yeah and you have teenagers right like so they teenagers inherently i feel like no matter what generation they're listening to music loud yes but i i definitely beat them <laughs> i listen to it louder what are you listening to these days like what are some of your kind of go-tos oh, i love emily king i'm listening to beyonce's renaissance oh. right now I was jamming last night to Shaka Khan's I'm Every Woman. I was listening to Sheryl Crow the other night. I just, whatever makes me move. I love that. I want to do this. The noise-canceling headphones, I also feel like, are a massive self-care tool for, like, a variety of (laughs) reasons and situations. But they are, like, probably one of the most handy things I have in my house right now. Well, especially when you live in a two-bedroom apartment in Harlem with four people. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Then you need, like, extreme headphones. Yeah. Yes. So one thing I've noticed just in reading about your work is that you really seem to, no matter what you're doing, kind of really f- focus on the fact that investing in women and girls is like at the core of your life's work. And that's kind of the the through line and the thread through everything that that you do. Um, and so I, I would just kind of love to know more about how you started to notice this as your passion. And how did that get elevated to a career for you? Hmm. Well, you're absolutely correct. My life's work is advancing women and girls. That's pretty much why I'm on the planet. And even my kids will tell you that. They'll say, just so you know, it's not us. (laughs) Every time she introduces herself, she says that her life's work is advancing women and girls. I think that purpose is a decision. You know, people have mystified it a lot. I don't know anyone who was walking down the street the skies opened up and some voice of God told them, you know, drop to your knees, you're here to save the orca whales or something. I think that your purpose is simply a decision that's inspired by one or more experiences that you've had in your life. And there are several experiences that I've had in my life that ladder up to women and girls. One of them is probably that I'm the oldest of four girls. I'm a big sister. I've led people through everything from bad marriages to... bad dates to bad schools. And uh, it's just kind of a part of me to help women to achieve clarity through guidance and encouragement. I also have a mom who had a very huge influence on my life very early in my life. She used to tell me every day, Tiffany, you're so smart. You're so beautiful. You're so loved. She would tell me that every day as if it was the first time. Mm-hmm. That she was telling me this as if she like just discovered this and, and she was just telling me for the first time. And I really appreciated that. Of course, not at the time. At the time, it was very annoying that my mother <laughs> told me this every day, but especially when you're like 14 and you just want big boobs and you know, you don't really care about stuff like that. But later I realized that she was giving me a tremendous amount of armor 
and that she was countering the other voice that would be in my head telling me that I wasn't enough and that I wasn't beautiful and that I wasn't smart, which is pretty much the soundtrack um, for a lot of us. And I spent a lot of time with women trying to rejigger that soundtrack. Unfortunately, my mom didn't have a mother like I had. So she really struggled with all three of those narratives and she's not available to me now. I had her until I was 16, but every day I think I wake up just trying to get to as many women as I can and and to try to whisper in their ear, you're so smart, you're so loved, you're so beautiful. You can totally do this because I know the power of that. And I also know what happens to a woman who doesn't have that reality to draw upon. Oh my gosh. I'm always so amazed at the people who are, who break the cycle like your mom did. My father, my father kind of is similar and like how they know to do that when they weren't like given that information is all is so, uh, it just like blows my mind. And the, and the change it makes is incredible. Yeah, it really is. I'm not sure that they know how to do it. Yeah. I was talking to my dad when I was pregnant with my daughter, my second child. And I was having one of those like sentimental moments where I was trying to bond with him. And I was telling him about what I most hoped for with this second child, what I really wanted for her and what I thought I could help nurture in her. And I asked my dad, when mom was pregnant with me, what did you hope for? Like, what were you looking forward to? And he got really quiet. And I almost withdrew the question because I thought, wow, maybe it's not a positive answer. Uh, And I said, you know, daddy, you don't have to answer. He said, no, no. He says, I want to answer. It's just that I'm embarrassed of my answer to the question. And I said, well, how could you possibly be embarrassed of what you hoped for me? It had to have been something good, right? And he says, well, yeah, kind of. He says, when your mom was pregnant with you, what I most hoped for was that you would graduate from high school and that you wouldn't get pregnant before you graduated. He said, the woman that you are right now, I didn't even know that women like you existed when your mom was pregnant with you. He says, I just hoped, you know, I just prayed and I just hoped. So I think that it's possible to curate a reality that you don't have a path for, you don't have a plan for, you don't know how to do it. I think they were hoping and that they were praying and they, they were relying on something obviously much bigger outside of themselves and deeper within themselves to really develop us and nurture us, you know, without having a roadmap. And I think it's one of the most incredible gifts. Yeah. Makes me cry. Yeah. That's really beautiful. Um, Tiffany, I'd love to talk about the crew. Um, I think we both, Kate, I don't want to speak for you, but I do think we both are just really, um, we, we, (laughs) we want a crew. We love the mission. We love what it's doing. Um, could we hear about the backstory of the crew and, you know, what, what led you to start it? How is it going? Um, yeah. What impacts have you seen it making? Totally. Well, everything I do is centered on 
just trying to help women create lives that they're passionate about. And one of the things that I've done for years is said yes to a lot of women, probably too many women, because I'm obsessed like you all are with just listening to women's stories. For many years from 2011 until 2020, I would meet with women either in person or virtually once the pandemic hit every Tuesday and Thursday at 9, 10, and 11 a.m. So I would listen to six, seven women's stories a week. And over time, I need this observation, which is that we, as women, we often have a lot of people around us. We have our family, we have our friends, we have our coworkers, we have our bosses, we have the people in our synagogues and our churches. And we know mentally that these people are here to support us in some way, shape, or form. But we literally spend most of our time caregiving for all of them. And psychologically, we don't perceive our personal and professional journey as a team sport. We psychologically perceive it as a solo endeavor, meaning that when we have a problem, when any of these women had a problem, and maybe they were coming to me for it, to try to get some clarity, the first question they always asked themselves was, how am I going to solve this problem? When I knew, because I have a crew, that the most important question any of us can ask ourselves is, who's going to help me solve this problem? Mm. When I have a problem, the first thing I'm trying to figure out is who's going to help me solve it before I even figure out what the solution could possibly be. Because there's nothing new under the sun. I don't need to reinvent a wheel. And if I don't know the person who can help me, somebody knows the person who can help me. Now, in full disclosure, someone once told me that I have a case of pronoia. It's the opposite of paranoia. They said, Tiffany, you actually walk through the world believing that the universe is conspiring in your favor, that everyone wants to help you. Everyone wants to help you. And I was like, don't they? And he's like, oh my God, that's why you have pronoia. I love that. even though that is the case, I actually believe that it's mm. true. So I would tell women for years about my crew, which is a group of women that I've connected with for years. And our formula is very simple. We each go around, we take a turn giving an update on our ambitions. Everyone talks about what is the next step that we're going to execute on between now and the next time we all gather again. And we basically hold one another's feet to the fire. And pretty much everything I've accomplished over the past decade, whether it's my book, whether it's the crew itself, has come out of me basically being held accountable to my dreams by a group of people who really push me, even when it doesn't feel comfortable. And it's not rocket science. We're all 90% more likely to realize a goal when we, you know, write it down and when we're held and being held accountable by a group of people. So I would tell people about my crew and I thought I was doing them a service by sharing with them this thing. And then one day I had what I call a Tiffany's epiphany. Some people call them aha moments. I was meeting with a woman. I think it was a Tuesday at like 10 a.m. She was that slot. 
And I was telling her about how I have this amazing crew and asking her who she was going to talk to about her challenges and who was going to hold her accountable. And I could tell from her body language that she was not feeling me. I don't know if you've ever had that experience. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And I stopped and I said, is everything okay? And thankfully, she was honest with me. And she said, Tiffany, no, it's not okay. She says, I think it's really easy for someone like you to sit in this beautiful pink space where you hold court talking to women and to tell me about your crew. And I can see why you have a crew, but I don't think you appreciate the kind of work that goes in to finding a crew. And then she walked me through the process. She was like, first, I would have to get invited to the cocktail party or the conference or the event. You probably get invited to speak at things like that. She says, then you want me to awkwardly take out my business cards and like introduce myself to strangers who I don't know. She says, that might be easy for you because people kind of know who you are already. She says, then you want me to schedule coffees, teas, and lunches to meet with all of these people. Like, just so you know, I had to take time off of work and ask my boss if I could leave to meet you here at 10 a.m. on a Tuesday. Mm -hmm. Most women work at 10 a.m. on a Tuesday, Tiffany. Then you want me to like figure out who I'm compatible with and like plan monthly meetings where we're going to put our goals together and like hold one another accountable. Like I have three kids and a mom with a diagnosis and a dog and a full-time job. Like what? You wrote this book called Drop the Ball and now this is what you're telling me that I have to do? No, I'm not feeling you. And this is not helpful because now I just feel overwhelmed that I'm never going to be able to get what I need. And that was a moment for me where I realized, oh my gosh, if my life's work is advancing women and girls, I probably should stop preaching to all these women about how they need to go and find their crew. And I need to find the crew. That's what I'm here for. That's what I'm here to do. It was very tough because I'm not a technologist. I knew that we would need technology to scale something like this. I was not an entrepreneur. I had spent most of my career in the nonprofit sector. I had raised some nonprofit dollars, but no venture capital. I mean, there was really nothing about embarking on being the founder of a tech company that I had done before. But that moment for me was everything. It was like, if I can't find this woman a crew, like, what am I really here to do? So that's how we launched with just me, like the video on social saying, hi, I'm Tiffany. I have this amazing crew. Do you need one? I will help you find one. Just click here. Um, We've since pivoted our model, but we just started direct to consumer with me just trying to get to as many women as I could and trying to match them and ensure that they were getting what they need. I love this idea too, because, you know, I, as a, I'm a writer, Dory's a writer, and I feel like we meet with other writers and talk about like careers and writing, but getting feedback from folks who are outside of that kind of insular world sounds really powerful. Like hearing, hearing from different people and different voices with different experiences, especially professionally, but in all, and yeah. always is brilliant. And it that is really hard to cultivate, especially as we kind of like narrowly focus more and more in our career, our, our circles kind of get smaller in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. It's tough to cultivate. And it's also tough to maintain discipline 
around because it's very easy for us as women, especially because of the way we're socially conditioned to develop relationships with each other, to fall back into a pattern of putting ourselves at the center of one another's experiences. So, well, you know, when you were in kindergarten, you were likely taught that you should put yourself in someone else's shoes. Like we're taught that we should do that. So when someone is sharing that they're having a challenge or that there's a goal that they want to achieve and they might be experiencing some friction, unless we're total jerks, which none of us are, we're going to feel empathy toward the person. And we typically put ourselves in someone else's shoes by doing one of two things. Either we imagine what we did when we were in that person's situation, or we imagine what we would do if we were in that person's situation, even if we've never been in their situation. And then we kind of throw that up on the person. Here's what I would do. This is what you need to do. None of that, though, really holds space for the person in the way that we do it at the crew. Um, We really focus on a peer coaching methodology where you're asking one another open-ended questions, right? Why is this important to you? What would happen if you asked for exactly what you wanted? You know, what is the next thing that you're going to do between now and the next time we see you to really move this forward? What do you need from us in order to really move this forward? It's that intentionality around holding space for others that sometimes we're missing in our relationships. And that is really important to help drive change in our lives. Can you talk a little bit about just logistically how the crew works? Um, Is your crew, is one's crew made up of women who they already know, or is it do you get assigned to a crew? It's a great, it all it's work? a great question. <laughs> We've pivoted our model. So now most of our members are coming from our partner companies who are really investing in their talent. And you're being matched in a crew of individuals that you don't know. It's a diverse group of people. We try to ensure that they're peers with you. It's not a mentorship platform in that way. Okay. And you're doing two things. One is that you're getting really clear about what we call intentions in the crew. Those are your goals. So you're deciding over the next 12 months, these are the things that I need to accelerate in my personal and professional life. Whether it's I need to pay off my student loans. I need to get a promotion. I need to start a meditation practice. I need to spend more time with my kids, whatever it is for you. You're actually writing those things in a digital tracking tool with actions against them. And then once a month, you're meeting with your crew at what we call a gathering. And that's really your sacred time where each of you is going to do a little centering and and, opening and and share some insights. But you're going to spend most of the time in your gathering with each person going around the way that I did with my crew and each person giving an update and each person really being held accountable and being asked those open-ended questions before you wrap up. 
Now, for us, peer coaching is a really critical skill. So for those first three gatherings, there's someone uh, in the crew with you. We call that person a crew guide. They're a certified coach. You're just going to make sure that you've got that peer coaching skill down before you do this on your own. But by your fourth month, usually a crew has got it. And the most beautiful thing about the crew is that you can see the evidenced evolution of the self. You know, every day we're actually growing and learning if we're doing something meaningful with our lives, but very rarely do we take the time to stop and celebrate ourselves. And even more rarely, are we tracking our progress in such a way that we can go back and we can see, wow, look at how far I've come. So it's just really beautiful experience to see women checking off those actions, checking off those intentions and seeing them, you know, really create change in their lives. So we're just going to take a short break and we will be right back. You know, we have been delving more and more into the topic of our skin as we get older and how we treat it and how we love it. Because look, as I'm learning in my mid-40s, as you get older, you deal with new things when it comes to your skin. Not that they're bad. They're just new. You know what I mean? Like I am now just discovering creppiness, Dory. Mm, Okay. Which is visible on my (sighs) neck and chest. Luckily, it's a thing. It's a thing. Luckily, OneSkin, our sponsor today, knows all about things like creppiness. And I'm not overly concerned with aesthetics, but like I do just want to keep my skin healthy as I age. Totally. I love their topical supplements. They really help your skin feel, I don't want to say younger, but just vibrant, Mm. refreshed. They combine tissue engineering, data analysis, and cutting edge longevity science to literally create the world's most effective product to help with skin aging. I am particularly fond of their face topical supplement. It's essentially a moisturizer, but it has their Mm -hmm. proprietary OSO1 peptide to really help with all the parts of our skin that are exposed to environmental damage. You can use it on your face, your hands, your neck. I know here Mm -hmm. where we live in Los Angeles, our hands, we're driving. That sun is coming at us at all times. OneSkin believes the Amen. purpose of skincare is not just to improve how we look, but to optimize our skin biology so that it is more resilient to the aging process. They really create next level skincare. OneSkin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, OneSkin keeps your skin looking and more importantly, acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code OVER50 at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code OVER50. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. And you had an interesting experience that went viral it, when you documented what happened, uh, because the crew had invested at the Silicon Valley Bank, the and uh, we—if you've been paying attention to the news, 
and the financial markets. We've seen what's happened there, which is an absolute, I imagine, an absolutely harrowing experience to go through as a founder and an entrepreneur. Um, but what's interesting to me is that you kind of practiced what I think, I, I hate the word preach, but like you practiced your philosophy of asking you asked for help. So could you just give our listeners a little bit of the story of what, what happened there? Oh, absolutely. By the way, I'm a preacher's kid. So feminism is like my ministry. I like to say, yes, the crew was a customer of Silicon Valley bank. If you can imagine going to your bank account online, you can see the balance but you have no access to the funds. You can't withdraw. You oh can't God. make any oh transfers. I just want you to imagine that. And simultaneously, you're watching the news and there are reports that the bank that your money is at is collapsing right now. <laughs> and oh my gosh. if you are anybody, you would feel a lot of panic. Uh, even more so for founders who do a lot to get that money in the bank. Uh, in my case, I've pitched to nearly 200 investors. I mean, every ounce of money in our bank account is money that I, I pitched my heart out for and went through a lot to get. And because we're an early stage startup, the vast majority of those dollars are going to go to our people. It's payroll. Uh, it's the human capital. And so for me, it was a very stressful time because what I really wanted more than anything was to ensure that the people whose livelihoods I'm responsible for, people work at the crew and they use their paycheck to cover their mortgage, their rent, their childcare. I needed us to have access to those funds so that the people who work so tirelessly to help women realize their intentions at the crew would be able to realize theirs. Um, so it was really, it was tough. I did do what I preach uh, others to do, which is to ask for help. You know, when my back is up against the wall, I think, Tiffany, who's going to support you right now in this moment? And because mm. I, at the time, was literally crying in an airport bathroom, I think that's probably the video that you saw. I just thought, there's no time for you to make individual phone calls you need to ask for help in the most public way to get to the, as many people as you can. And LinkedIn has been really amazing to you. You have an amazing audience on LinkedIn. They're so supportive of you. You've been delivering content to them. You care so much about ensuring that they're realizing their intentions. They will believe you when you say, I need help. And of the 600,000 followers you have, some even if like 2% of them come through, you yeah. will get what you need. So just do it and don't think about it. Otherwise, you'll check it out. Mm, that's good advice. Don't think about it. Because we get in our own ways so often. Or I mean, I can only speak for myself, but I get in my own way a lot. Mm -hmm. A lot. Mm-hmm. And it's it's hard to push myself out of my own way. Well, kind of along those lines, uh, Tiffany, how would you suggest people kind of recalibrate when they struggle with self-confidence? Yeah, how do we do that? 
Well, the best way that I found is to one, get a few people who you know care about you, and if it's two or three of them, and be really honest with them in the moments when you're not feeling your best, you're not feeling confident. And I think sometimes we feel like we need to have a special moment, we need to have a script, we need to know exactly what to say. It's okay to send someone a text message that says, I don't know what's going on with me right now, but I'm feeling overwhelmed, or I'm feeling anxious, or I'm not feeling confident, or something's happening with me, and I'm just reaching out to someone who I know cares about me, just to do a gut check. And that person is going to write back, you're incredible. Depending upon your relationship with the person, your phone might ring, <laughs> right? Yeah. Then, you know, yeah. and they may say, what's going on? How can I help? What do you need? I just think that we, we forget that it feels really good to give. We forget that it feels really amazing to help. And that people who love you and care about you would be so disappointed. They would be so sad to know that you were suffering in silence and that they didn't know and that they might have had an opportunity to support you. I also think that it's important, especially if you're leading in your life in any way, shape or form, if you're leading as a parent, if you're leading as a volunteer, if you're leading as a manager, that you model the kind of behavior that you feel you want to help instill in the people who are looking up to you. If my daughter doesn't see me cry, she's not going to know that it's okay to cry. If she doesn't see me asking for help, she's not going to know how to ask for help. If my daughter doesn't see me putting myself first, sometimes at her own expense, even at her own expense, she won't believe me when I tell her, you need to put yourself first. So it's really important to ask. It's also important to say no when you can't do something. I can't tell you the number of people who, when I've asked for help or when I've said no, I'm not able to do something and I have a little four-step process for doing that, that the person's response to me is, we can do that? I'm like, totally. You can totally do it. That's such a... That's such a good reminder because I know it's so hard for me to do that, to just like reach out to someone mm. and put that out there. But I know when people have done it to me, I respond in the same way yes. that, you know, that oh, you're saying. You so it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, <laughs> hello. <laughs> um, so thank you for that reminder. It's so important. Along uh, along those lines, here's a question for you. Because you said earlier that you believe purpose is a decision, which I love because I do feel like a lot of times we're like, "What's my purpose? I don't know." And we spend a lot of time searching around instead of just being like, "Oh, I'm just going to make my purpose," uh, you know, like I don't know, walking dogs, whatever. How 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 do you though like? suggest like are there tools or steps that someone can kind of use to take the mind and the swirling chaos of trying to make a decision and help them kind of focus on what might be their purpose or if if you say purpose is a decision someone's like well i don't i don't even know what my purpose could be i don't even know what to decide on because i don't even know how do you help get them there oh there's so many exercises that you can do 
I'll, I'll share a few of them. Um, one question that I always love to start with, just to just begin to do some mind sharing, is the question that you started with uh, when you asked me about my wellness practice, which is, okay, so when you were a little girl and you weren't doing homework and you weren't doing chores and you had way more time to do whatever you wanted to do with your time, like how were you spending your time? What were you doing with your time? Mm. Another exercise I love to take people through is one that was made popular by Stephen Covey in his book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And basically, it's a funeral visualization exercise where you imagine a friend, a family member, maybe a coworker eulogizing you and what they would say at the end of your life. And it's especially important exercise for people who are really into productivity and like getting a lot of things done because mm. no one at their funeral wants people to stand up and say, well, you know, she got a lot of things jumped off of her to do this. <laughs> right, right. They're going to they're gonna want you to, you know, share about the kind of impact that you created in the world. So it's a really great exercise to get you out of the weeds of well, what do I do professionally or what are my hobbies to know like what, you know, Beyonce's I am here. Like what are people saying about the change that I made in the world? And I think sometimes it's helpful for you to imagine other people talking about you than you kind of creating that yourself. Another exercise I love actually gets information from other people. This is especially if you just literally don't know where to begin. And I love asking many people who have known you in different parts of your life, at least eight people, to just tell you a story about when they experienced you at your best. Ooh. And then to be quiet. Don't interrupt them. If you can record their stories beautiful if you can transcribe the stories even better and i encourage people to print the stories spread the stories on a table on the floor and just start circling words that are similar you know there's a consistent experience that people have had with you since you were in kindergarten that you may not necessarily be aware of but that often can ladder up to what really matters most to you those are just some places to begin. I love those. Yeah. Oh, I love those. Kate, we should do those. Yeah. I love that. Just, <laughs> yes. I love that so, so much. And it's such an interesting, I, I appreciate you just kind of saying like, what would people say about you? Because I had to kind of, you know, really think about this as a writer of like, what is my purpose in writing this book? Like, is it to be a bestseller? Like, actually, no. Like, even though that's the thing I thought mm. I maybe wanted on the surface, like, actually, no, it's really to bring people joy or pleasure or escape or, or whatever the kind of word is that you use. And that was, that was very helpful for me to kind of rebuild my confidence in moments where I'm like, what am I doing with my, <laughs> with my life? I think the other thing to keep in mind is that you don't have to have one purpose forever. Mm. I think we feel so much pressure. You know, I have a friend named Reshma Saljani who's just amazing. She's in my crew. And Reshma's done so many different things. You know, she's, she switches it up. And I always respect that. You know, people are often like, but Tiffany, you've had this like one purpose for decades. But if you've like looked at pictures of me, I've also had the same hairstyle for decades. I've also worn the same earrings for decades, the same nail polish color. Like I'm just one of those people who finds the thing 
and just sticks with it, that doesn't have to be you. Um, I love one purpose because it's just very efficient for me. And it helps me to maintain discipline around, again, saying no, you're going to raise money for X, Y, or Z. No, that's not women and girls. That's not me. I'm going to focus on this thing. But it doesn't have to be that way. And I think that's the other pressure too. I'd love for people to drop the ball on is feeling like they've got to choose this one thing and then live it out for the rest of their existence. Yeah, I love kind of the, in in your book, Drop the Ball, which is a, a fantastic title. I like that you really, and I, I kind of, I'm gathering this from our conversation, like the focus is really on like asking and expecting more from others, where as opposed to from ourselves, which I think, and this might be very specific to being American, but like the individual doing it all, like it is such a narrative we've been fed over and over. And it's such BS and leads to burnout and exhaustion and a lot of negatives. And I I really just appreciate that you seem to be really pushing this idea of like, there. it's a community. It's community is really what is going to help elevate us and help us elevate others. Uh, and, and I don't know, this is not a question, just more observation that it feels very empowering to kind of hear that. Um, because I feel like so often we're told that it's all got to come from ourselves. And just if we just did a couple things, we'd have it all solved, which is is not true, especially in the different ways that systems work against individuals, right? Like, Completely. Of course, it's one thing to say that and it's another thing to actually live that. Yeah. You know what I would love every listener to do just to demonstrate your point um, that you're making is, you know, we all occupy different roles in our lives. If you were assigned girl, your first role was probably daughter. If you were assigned boy, your first role was probably son. If you had siblings, you became a brother, a sister. We went to the playground, we became friends students, workers, managers. And a lot of the pressure that we feel is in relationship to almost like invisible job descriptions associated with these roles. One of the most powerful things that you can do is to go to the stakeholder associated with that role. So if you're a mom, go to your kids. If you're a wife, go to the husband. If you're a partner, go to the partner. If you're a manager, go to your subordinates, go to your, you know, boss, if you're someone who's a direct report, and tell them that you want to be a good ex. You know, let them know, I want to be a really good mom. I want I want to be a really good partner. That's my aim. And I'm just wondering from your perspective, what are the top three things that you feel I can be doing over the next six months, over the next year. If, if your kids are little, you might have to make it three months. <laughs> three <laughs> that, days. Would, that would make you feel that I'm being a really good mom, that I'm being a really good sister, that I'm being a really good friend. And it's one of the most useful, important things that you can do because very rarely is their list like larger or bigger or more complicated than yours. Typically what people will state that they need from us when we ask the question in that way is such a lower bar than what we're worried about, what we're overwhelmed about. And it really takes 
a load off to your point when we're really clear from the other person's perspective about what we need to be executing on, especially when sometimes the things aren't ongoing things. Like the last time I asked my kids this question was before the holidays, before the December holidays. And I have two kids and I asked them to come up with a list of three things. So they kind of have to negotiate their, their requests. But one of the things on their list was something related to the fact that I am a drop the ball mom, which means that over the holidays, when we we celebrate Christmas, I always wait till like the day before Christmas to get a tree. And their request in September was that when the holidays are approaching, they wanted me to go get the tree like a few weeks before Christmas so that our tree could sit in the window like everybody else's, you know, in our neighborhood. And I couldn't believe that if you had three things to ask of me (laughs) in order for you to feel like I was being a good mom, Mm -hmm. that me going to get the Christmas tree (laughs) would like be on the list. But that's why you should ask. You know, you never know. And now that's checked off. Now I only have two things, which is helping my son with his ACT because he's a junior Mm. and making scones on the weekend, which is like an ongoing thing. But in the next couple of weeks, he will have taken the ACT. So I'll be done with that one too. Well done. It's all, that's a, that's a big milestone. It's a huge milestone. We often, and I'm going to switch gears completely, we often talk about skincare on our podcast. And I really appreciated how you were like, I know it works for me and I've been doing, like, I know my earring, I know my nail polish. Does this apply for beauty products, skincare, makeup? Do you have any recommendations that you love and and want to share? Oh, thank you for asking this question. I think this is the first time I've ever been asked this question. So you should know my mom was a Mary Kay consultant. (gasps) Which basically meant that from a very early age, I learned how to cleanse and tone and moisturize. So I would say that for me, it's about the consistency of the routine. I would not, I can't remember going to bed since I was a teenager without cleansing and toning and moisturizing. And in the morning, whether I've showered or not, I cleanse and I tone and I moisturize. And over the years, I've evolved from, you know, Noxema products to Naturopathica products, which I use now, um, you know, as you evolve in your budget and your age, you know, kind of how we become wiser and we need more high level skin products. I guess I could put it that way. But for me, it's the consistency and drinking lots of water. That's what she taught me. And it's been amazing. I happen to love Kiehl's has this avocado eye cream that I'm really into. And I don't use it just for my eyes, by the way. I like slather it on my lips. It's kind of delicious. Ooh. I think you're the first guest of ours who's ever put eye, who's ever said we put, I put eye cream on my lips, but that's like, why not? I put body cream on my face. It's like, yes. Yeah. Obviously. Oh, well, Tiffany, it's just been an absolute pleasure to get to talk to you today. Thank you for sharing so much of yourself with us and our listeners. Where can our listeners find you online, find out more about you and the crew and, and your work? 
Oh, absolutely. They can go to thecrew.com. We are spelled C-R-U because I couldn't get the URL for the other spelling of the word. <laughs> um, I'm on pretty much everywhere. Tiffany Dufu or T or at T Dufu. I think I'm the only Tiffany Dufu on the planet. So I'm, I'm easy to find. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. This was this is really great to get to talk to you. I'm I'm very inspired. Oh, thank you. Such a pleasure to have you. Oh, it's a joy to be here. Ah, uh, Tori. That was fun. That was really fun. And, you know, I think as we touched on a little bit in our conversation, her business model has shifted a bit and is really focused on like corporate clients from what I understand. Yeah, yeah. But... It did make me want to adopt some of her, some of the things that she does in a crew, like some of the things that a crew does in some, in like a group of women. Totally. I had the same thought. I also actually took her advice and talked to my oldest daughter and I said, what are three things that I could do to be a better parent? Wow, Kate. Like literally the day of our conversation that night. (laughs) Well, the first the first thing she said was kind of she was teasing me because there's kind of like a running joke in the family about how I always worry about how how people might not have friends. And I think I drive my kids nuts because I'm always like, do they have friends? Let's how can we be empathetic? So she was saying she was joking about that. But the biggest feedback she gave me is that when she's telling me something that like is upsetting her to just listen and not try to provide the other person's side. Oh, that's actually a really good, that's a very perceptive and like thoughtful note. Yep. So I've got to rein in that old devil's advocate, you know, but I thought that was really helpful. I was like, this is great feedback. That is really great feedback. Um, And I hope that, for her, I hope that she felt seen just in that I asked, you yeah, know, that I that's want. that's very cool. Because she was like, why are you asking? And I was like, well, I'm your mom. Like, it's my job to be a good parent to you. So I want, I want to get your info, like your thoughts on how I can parent you better. So it was cool. I was great advice from Tiffany. I thought. That's I just, very cool. Yeah, Tiffany's wisdom is already like working its way into my life. That's really cool. Oh, well. Onward to our intentions. Here we go. <laughs> I had to like crank, get the little cricks out of my neck before we start this uh. up. Okay. So look, <laughs> I put last week as my intention was to put the four suitcases away that had been sitting in our bedroom for two weeks from our trip. We have a little like attic that we have to access with like a pull down ladder. It's like a little bit of a pain in the butt. Yeah. I mean, it's like amazing that we have an attic. I've never had an attic before. Um, But it requires like two seconds of work and we just hadn't done it. Well, I'm going to count this as a win. Amazing. Because on a Saturday, on the Saturday, I was like, Hey, we've got to put those suitcases away. Let's do it today. And then I went and did a bunch of other stuff, like plant a bunch of plants. And I came back inside the house and Anthony had put the suitcases in the attic all by himself. That's very cool. And I just want you to know that as I was listening to last week's episode to you know, do edits, 
I listened to that and I was reminded that you had said you were going to text me or I was going to text you or the texts were going to be exchanged about yep. the suitcases. And, and I did, did text it. you and I was like, did the suitcases get put away? And you were like, yes, they did. Yes, and I was very I love happy. The accountability check-in <laughs> was, it's so helpful. Like it was very exciting to get to say yes, but I also just appreciated that you asked. So thank you for doing that. Of course. I'm really glad that it happened. So hilariously, yes, I'm traveling this weekend and oh need a boy. suitcase. So I have to go back up, back up to the attic. L-O-L. <laughs> I know. I'm going to Seattle for two nights to spend time with one of my best friends, maybe see another one of our best friends, and also see my four best friends, the band members of Fish. So I'm seeing two Fish shows. So... My intention for this week is to travel smartly and light. Smartly, okay. travel smartly. I don't know if that's the correct grammar, but okay. I want to travel light. I want to really... And actually, I had a thought, Dory. Yes. Normally, I go up and grab the suitcase and then I find all the stuff I'm going to put into the suitcase. My thought this time was to lay out everything I think I need and like look at it that way mm-hmm. and then edit so that I'm not just filling the suitcase, which I think is a thing I do. Oh, interesting. You see what I'm saying? Like mentally I I look at it and I'm like, I have this big bucket I can fill. Let me shove it full of all this stuff. Yes. I lay things out first. Okay. And like pile, you know, and sort them. And I try to put outfits together. And what Mm. I did last time, this was, I feel like this was based on a guest and I'm blanking on who it was. Maybe it was Casey Davis. I don't know. Um, but I went through and I wrote down all of the things that I was going to be doing on the trip. Okay. I love it. And thought about what I needed for each category of thing, like walking around New York city. And I checked the weather like on a 50 degree day. Like, what am I going to need to wear? What am I going to need to wear out to like a nice dinner? What am I going to need to wear to just like hang out in Connecticut with my brother and sister-in-law's family? Mm-hmm, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And and you packed that, to that. And I packed to that. And that was super this. helpful because, of course, there could be overlap. Yes. Um, but it really helped me sort of visualize what I needed. And I think I packed pretty well, if I do say so myself. I bet you did. You looked great in every photo I saw. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> what is on your uh, intention list this week, Dory? Well, Kate, last week my intention was my tennis match. Yay! And I am here to report that my uh, doubles partner and I, mm-hmm. who has listened to the podcast... <gasps> Shut up. BTW. Yeah, I started oh following her on Instagram... <gasps> And she already followed me. And I was like, that's funny. And But I assumed it was just like she had looked up everyone on the tennis team and like followed them. And then she DM'd me and she was like, I just put two and two together. I already follow you. I've listened to your podcast. I don't think she's like a regular listener, but she definitely had like listened, which was so funny. And I something I didn't know beforehand. But anyway, she was very cool, obviously. Um we won. We won our match. Congratulations. Thank you. I'm proud of you. It was really cool. 
Oh, it was really I love cool. that. Anywho, this week I need to deal with the clothes on the chair. And what I mean mm, by that mm. is there's a bunch of clothes on a chair um, that I want to get rid of, that I want to sell. And I sold some of them, but I didn't sell all of them. And so now the ones that I didn't sell are just hanging out on the chair. And I need to either sell them or give them away or do something else with them. And that is what I'm going to do this week. Close on the chair. Close on the chair. Sounds like a Lana Del Rey song. (laughs) It kind of does. Yep. Well, Dory, (sighs) let's sign off and tell our listeners that Forever 35 is hosted and produced by you, Dory Shafrir, and Kate Spencer. That's me. And it's produced and edited by Sam Junio. Sammy Reed is our project manager and our network partner is ACAST. Bye, everyone. Bye.